welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, there we go. Hello, welcome to episode 427 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal, Sean Orford. You all right, Sean? Yeah, I am very good. I am very good. It's been a long time since I last saw you. Yeah, oh, it must be at least a week or maybe maybe half an hour. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's, it's holiday season, isn't it? So this is we do tend to kind of bank a few because we, we, we tend to be going away. This year is a little bit different. Well, yeah. Because well, yeah. actually, it's not it's not that much different for me because I'm still going away and doing my normal thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, still good to have a few in the bag, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and this one follows on very much from the last one. Um, it does. Know, um, I mean, we we've you and I have been talking about um, the issue about uh, divorce season and relationships and all that kind of stuff and the pressure that's on relationships at the moment. Man, mm-hmm. couples I'm having to work with. Um, and it follows on from that people being together and needing a break, people needing to get away from the of every day with another person. You know, mm-hmm. um, I guess in um, uh, for most couples over most most of the, the years through history, they go out and they do their work, whether you know they're going into the fields or whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and they're not spending time together in that way. But suddenly we've been in this situation where people are locked in a house. Not only are they locked in the house with another person, but in lockdown, you can't even leave the house. You know, there was a point where you had to have food delivered. Wasn't there? You couldn't just well, go and do what you wanted to do. You were allowed a, an hour's exercise, weren't you? Or a short round, walk around the block and all that kind of stuff. There. But Wait, then I mean, do you do that together or do you do that separately? Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I mean, just as a brief kind of follow on from last week, then before we talk about the kind of frustration side of stuff, uh, I guess sometimes couples or and families do need a break. You know, there's that famous line from Friends from Ross and Rachel: "We were on a break." Um, and now Ross in the episode they they were on a relationship break, and he he uh, he slept with someone else, I think, in the episode, and he, his justification was that they were on a break. So um you kind of overstepped the line then but i mean i guess is it is it good sometimes to take a break from each other and even if it's as short as choosing not to take that walk together just going for a walk on your own i i think it's really down to couples you know i i know couples that are stuck to each other like siamese twins and ones that go on separate holidays and do all kinds of things but it works for them it's like whatever works for you isn't it and i guess that's the main thing is being able to negotiate a way of being that works for both of them, then you cracked it. Yeah. Really. I, don't, I don't think there's a rule. There's no like one size. Yeah. 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 But I guess for certain, for maybe for certain relationships where you haven't tried that, it might be worth a go. And I'm not, I'm not talking about having a break from your relationship. I'm just having, I'm saying have a, sometimes maybe it's a good idea to have some actual time apart, not, not to kind of be with other people or to contemplate separation, just to, be on your own for you know maybe it could be half an hour or it could be a week you know that kind of thing yeah 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 and I, and it's like um how much time do we need for self-reflection you know because that's when you when you process stuff and that's one of the things that people have said to me about um 
in working from home, they don't have the commute and they've realised what the value of the commute was to sort their head out, either getting into work or coming out of work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's like a, de- a decompression chamber, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, life, let's move on then. So cause life can be full of frustrations at the best of times and especially at the moment, I guess. Um, you've got a story in your blog post, which is linked to in the show notes. I should have mentioned, you know, if you go to the website, live in the present, yep. at UK, uh, a story about a cow. Do you want to tell, tell, tell everyone your story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a young man. I'm very frustrated and generally kind of an angry young man, you know, going through that phase. Uh, and I'm in an ashram and I have a teacher and the teachers get starting to get a bit pissed off with me really. Cause, um, and it can't put up with me moaning and, and arguing. So, uh, and because I'd taken a vow of obedience, I had to do what I was told. So he told me to go and spend a day in the field with the cows. Um, and I'm thinking, okay. So I'm I'm in the field thinking, what the hell am I doing here? I was showing about the cows. Mm-hmm. And then gradually, as I got into the day, um, I started to realise that the cows were looking at me like I was bonkers. I mean, I'm running around the field going, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? And the cows are just chewing the curd looking at me thinking this is another mad human you know um, <laughs> and there was one particular cow that i kind of had we resonated together and she just looked at me and chewed the cow and looked me in the eyes and so okay boy you know calm down and uh, and it was it, it sounds mad but talking to that cow um made me realize that she wasn't running around the field going oh who am i and worrying about things she was just being a cow and she was happy to relax and be calm and to chew the cud and go and get milked. No, and she was uh, an okay, I could have said human being, an okay being um, who was living in her world and she was amazingly happy yeah. living in her world and content, yeah? which I, I hadn't been able to achieve. So when, when the teacher comes back and says to me, okay, what have you learned from today? When I, when I got down to it, what I'd learned from the cow was that the cow was content just to be who the cow was. It wasn't demanding anything of anything. And when I look at that and I look at the people I've been working with, we were talking about holidays and the need to get away and all that kind of stuff. It's like we live in a world which isn't constant. There's so much change. There's so much newness, whether it's the new phone, the new holiday, doing this, going there, the new fashion, what's on television today. I've seen that before. Oh, there's a new series on. It's like, it's new, 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 new. And we, we've lost, in many cases, that just simple ability to be. We're so busy doing that we can't be anymore. And I think that's one of the biggest pressures in COVID has been people have been forced to be because they can't do. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking out my window now and I can see this. Uh, I've got two little guinea pigs in the garden in a, in a little hutch. And actually they are slightly frustrated because I haven't fed them yet this morning. Uh, so uh, I, I can hear their frustration and the little squeaks. So uh, animals, animals do get frustrated sometimes, don't they? <laughs> yes. When, when, when they're reliant on human beings to feed them, give them their breakfast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's your breakfast now? Yeah, and there's a, there's a fly in the room with me as well. Just as, just as I become aware of uh, my surroundings, there's a, there's a frustrated fly that, since we shut the, the French doors, hasn't been able to get back out. So there you go. Just to counter the uh, the chilled out cow narrative, there are there's a couple of yeah. 
if you think about every animal on the planet is trying to do the same thing you know they they find someone to be with and then they raise a family and then the issue is they need to feed the family they need to do that which is what every being on the planet does um the difference is that the, the cow's process is pretty regular same year in year out and you could say well that's really boring isn't it and and the cow should be in evolving and you know all that kind of stuff but actually who's the person who's most content you know is it the human being that's running around trying to find themselves is it the cow that's just being a cow yeah and it's like what is it that we are chasing what is it that we're running around looking for you know and it's like i must go on holiday i must go on holiday well i'm seeing loads of people coming back from holiday going well that was a waste of time didn't enjoy that you know it was boring oh i wish i hadn't gone now and i had to pay for all these tests you know um, yeah. and it's like they would have been much better um, staying at home packing up a, a picnic putting it on their back or their bike and going for a walk and with the kids and you know, playing in the forest and just having a simple time just being where they are yeah I mean uh, yeah, we, we were away a couple of weeks ago yeah, for in, in Northumberland just having one of our chilled out holidays uh, and we, we, we tend not to do we tend not to have kind of family holidays that involve too much like structured activity partly because i like i maybe it's because i don't like paying for it but also it's the kind of childhood that i had so we kind of will check the weather forecast the day before we'll check we'll look out the caravan window in the morning and then we'll make a decision as to whether we're going to go to a beach or whether we're going to go put a raincoat on and or or go for a walk somewhere and find a coffee shop that kind of thing but i was Mm -hmm. uh, you know we were lucky that we had a lot of beach days and uh it was kind of amazing. In fact, one a family joined us one day. Some friends that were up there as well, and they were on the, they were on a holiday which was much more structured in terms of activities that had been they paid for for the daytime, uh, and we had we took them for a day out on one of our little crazy just do nothing beach days. You know, you can give you give kids like a bit of a, a, like a mile of sand and some water lapping gently at the edge of it, uh, and like you can, they'll just they'll just be happy for hours, won't they? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> it always used to make me laugh when at Christmas or birthdays you you get the kids all these presents, and they'd open the boxes to get the presents out, and then go and play with the boxes. Yeah, you know what I mean that, that kind yeah. of thing. And it's it like happens. yeah, yeah, and and it was because they were happy to be. Well, they, it wasn't like oh, what's in the box and, and all that anxiety. It was like oh, that looks fun. Let's go and play with that box. Yeah. You know, um, and that idea of fun and contentment and being happy with who we are is something that's so easy to lose. And one of my wishes is that our learning from the whole COVID experience is that a lot of people would have learned how to be again. And so they don't have to keep doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is actually happening. You know, when we were talking about in the last one about. Um, that split of people between those people who have got to go, got to this, got to that, and the ones that are like, no, actually, I think I'm just going to chill and hang back here for a while. And I think the ones that will come out of this the, the best, the ones that are able to just hang back and observe and relax without having to go and do things like mad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I don't know whether we have to accept that the world not is changed, but maybe it has changed. Maybe we are in a, in a position where it won't be the same again. Mm. You know, we have had Brexit, we have had COVID, 
Uh, we don't know where that's going to end. Um, we are, we're assuming that people will be able to go back on holidays as normal next year. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you're into quite structured daily or twice daily meditation. So what does meditation te- you, teach you about how dealing with frustration and dealing with change in the world as well? It, it's a hard thing to explain unless you've been in it. But um, once I, I'll sit down for like 20, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour if I've got the time. Um, and after about five, 10 minutes, I just slip into... Uh, into a void, I presume I can describe it, it's a void which steps outside of time and space. So I put a, a, a gong on my phone to ring when I goes gong when I finished. Um, so I don't have to worry about timing it. And so I just disappear into my void. And it's like suddenly the gong goes. And it's like I, I can just relax and feel like I'm just getting into it and the gong goes and an hour's gone. Where's it gone? And it's because I've been in that void. I've stepped out of the madness. And that is such a refreshing experience. The only experience I've had that's anything like that is having a general anaesthetic. Wow. Have you ever had a general anaesthetic? Uh, No, actually I haven't. No. It is the most, if you can go with it, not resist it, it's absolutely fabulous because you just, you just drift. And it's amazing. And when you come back again, you are so relaxed. It's so lovely. It's an amazing feeling. Uh, and I do know quite a few people that really enjoy having general anesthetics because of the, that lovely effect it has. Um, but <laughs> meditation can be like that. You step out of time and space. You're no longer aware of what's going on around you. All the problems disappear. And when you're in that void, I always call it the knowing silence because it's like sometimes you come out with the kind of realizations and stuff like that. But it means that, that you are absolutely chilled and relaxed. And whatever it was that was a problem, was a problem is gone. It's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a good sense. So, and and I, it, it, it's the, the cow was doing it all the time. The cow was yeah. just in that, that state, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And one day I will get you to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen yeah my kids are uh, i think my, my kids are taught sort of meditation basics at school and they talk about mindfulness now so yeah but whether there's some great awakening coming for humanity i don't know i mean because yeah the world seems to want the commercial like the commercialized consumer world wants us to be busy doesn't it and it wants us to be running around like lunatics and you know it kind of uh promotes the idea of being having a hectic social life and being buzzing around all the time yeah um, how i mean how, how do we counter that because it's such a strong force isn't it the kind of like the advertising dollar that that yeah that, that brings it I, I think that there are changes that are happening um and obviously there is a growth of mindfulness as an idea and not always the practice that is said to be mindful is necessarily mindful but um in that sense of being able to be in the moment um, but I think that there are areas of awareness developing. And uh, although I don't adhere to it um, personally, I think that the whole kind of vegan plant-based food eating is a part of people changing the way they view the world and their relationship with the world. Mm-hmm. And with things like that and things like the, um, uh, the changes with attitudes to mindfulness and meditation, and indeed in, in the world that, 
that Ewan had about being able to maybe we don't drive, maybe we ride a bike. Because riding a bike is a much more of a meditative in the present experience than driving a car. How many times do people drive a car? And then they say, it's really weird, I can't remember going from there to there. It was all just below their awareness, it's gone. I know, you know hurtling um, along in a ton and a half. Yeah, I mean, I do think about that, obviously, more than I probably should do that's healthy, but I do see the, the car as a kind of, well, a gateway drug to a, a manic, busy life, you know, as, as part of it. So I don't like to talk too much in campaigning about the speed at which you can get places on a bike because you can, in a lot of instances, do trips faster on two wheels, certainly in cities, yes. than, you, than you would in a car. Uh, because I don't think I don't, I don't think the long-term aim for humans should be about getting everywhere as quickly as possible. Because uh, yeah, it's you know there's more to life, isn't there? But it, it's interesting. We we were driving down the the road the other day, um, and it was the road that goes up from the Countess back up into Wirral. And um, this guy was like, and he, and he ends up flying down the outside of the traffic. And about three miles later, we catch up with him at the junction. And he was actually at the junction. We just pulled up behind him. So all his excitement and going down the road, it got him absolutely nowhere other than we were just tooting along actually at the speed limit. You know? yeah. um, and it was it was fine. Yeah, yeah it does weird but, things to you. But it's like, what is it in some of these men going, oh, I've got to go off faster, faster. Know, and then they get angry with the person in front of them. There, there, there was a guy on TV the other day. He was a real idiot. He was moaning about caravan drivers and how they stopped him driving his car properly because <laughs> I'm driving a £70,000 Jaguar and I'm stuck behind this wreck of a caravan, was his attitude. <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, my God, go away. Yeah. You know? Well, I know next time you next time you see an advert for a car, um, yeah, for the the flashiest late new, latest new car, well, yeah, skip it. But also look for look for kind of how unrealistic it is in terms of how much traffic's on the street uh, and that like that kind of thing. It's just uh, it's just this make believe world. So I can understand why people might be frustrated when they actually get that dream car and they can't drive it at 120 miles an hour, or they're kind of stuck behind someone with a caravan or even someone on a bicycle. Imagine. Because uh, yeah, the reality is a bit is a little bit different. <clears throat> how, how are you finding um, motorists treating you as as a cyclist? Are are, are attitudes getting any better? Um, I'm not sure really. I mean, I think it's more that I've changed the way I ride now. Uh, I went through my phase where I was quite an angry cyclist, and I was kind of I wasn't looking for trouble, but I was going, I was taking routes, and I was filming my rides. Uh, and I wasn't kind of backing down at any opportunity. I've, I've calmed down a lot since then, and I, I take quieter routes, and I'm, I'm much more chilled out, and I don't ride with a camera anymore either. Um, Why, so, is uh, Why is that? I've, I've got, I got to the point where I felt like um, that I was I was kind of inviting conflict in some, in some situations, um, and I've seen it the same with people that have dash cams in their cars. They kind of... They have YouTube channels where they upload bad bad driving and it's quite often caused by them kind of accelerating into an incident rather than waiting, you know, kind of just chilling out a little bit. So yeah, my own mental health and well-being, I've just 
taking my foot right off the gas and riding. I ride a bit slower now. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I, I was saw a, a fellow campaigner on Twitter this morning and she posted about she's finally got her wish. Her, she lives outside of school in London and she's been campaigning for six years to have the road closed um, to, to cars just at the pickup and drop off time to make it safer for and the air pollution better and all. Mm. And she finally got the letter from the council to say that they're going to do it six years after she started campaigning. So wow. um, sometimes you've got to have that longer, longer term plan. And, you know, I'm quite new to this camp campaigning world and I've met people in the, in the world of, of bike campaigning that have been up at it for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, and they're still, mm. <laughs> still not there. So yeah. sometimes you just got to slow down, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it's strange, isn't it? That um, we created the speed that we move at. You know, people moved at a kind of a, a jog, maybe, or a walk. People would very rarely run, other to get away from something or to catch something. Um, and we've changed that whole concept. You know, like I say, we can be down in Oz in in twenty four hours. We can just fly down there. Um, and the um, the issue of we could only really go as far as we could walk there and back in a day. That was our territory. That was what we lived in. Yeah. And and we don't see it like that anymore. We need and we want and we demand. Yeah. To be places almost instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, it's gonna. I think that that world's gonna end in the next 10, 15 years. And I think I think it will be a positive. But I think the initial frustrations for our, like me and you and the, uh, our generation uh, that has to deal with the change is going to be full of frustration. And I can see it playing out already in certain traffic schemes around the, the UK that are being implemented that are kind of deliberately slowing the pace of, of life down for, for people in cars. So you have to take mm -hmm. a longer route around and that kind of thing. And yeah. it generates real anger and hostility um, to people that are used to just getting it everywhere almost instantly. Mm. Um, but generally what happens is, and it happened in Holland kind of in the seventies as they started to make the changes, mm. you get that initial anger, but then, you know, a few weeks or maybe a year after the schemes had time to bed in, mm. everyone's just, yeah, everyone's happy. And you know, there's no, there's no anger. And yeah, it's like, Oh, why didn't we do this years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, one one of the things that very impressed me when I was in Germany um, was the the fact that the buses did run on time. Now, right. if the bus was going to be there at five past two, it was there at five past two. Mm. It wasn't early, it wasn't late, um, and it was amazing. And I often thought, how on earth do you do this? Because you're really good at it. Um, but it, it it did mean that people used them, and that they had those kind of articulated buses where there was like two or three carriages on it as it went around the bends nice. and everything. Very, very clever. Um, and they were full of people, uh, which did keep lots of cars off the road. Yeah. Yep, you'll get there. Um, well, yeah, my, my resource of the week then is uh, actually in Australia, and it's called The Commute, a 90-kilometer walk to work. So it's this guy, he made a short film, and he wanted to do his, his commute on foot. And it was a 90-kilometer drive that he used to do two or three times a week. He lives in the countryside and into the city. And uh, he walked it. It took him two days, I think, from memory. Uh, and he learned a lot along the way. So it's a really cool little film documentary about his his walk to work. Uh, 
yeah and as much as i go on about bicycles i think yeah just walking is just an amazing way just to slow everything down in your life and uh, reap, yeah. reap the rewards yeah so yeah. yeah what about you so well my my resource for the week is do what i did go and talk to an animal talk to an animal uh, yeah and it could be a cow it could be a horse in the field uh you, you could go to the zoo and and there are some animals in zoos that are a bit agitated but the majority of animals in the zoo when you walk around there are just like chilling mm. you know they, they don't have that need to to be places and go places they can just be yeah, and and you can learn a lot from being with an animal some dogs are like that where they just want to be or there's a place near us have you ever been down to eastern where the eastern ferry is yeah if you go down into the car park that's on the edge of the river and you just park up there and just sit there and you'll find the most amazing amount of squirrels and birds will come and be all around you <laughs> and there are, there are loads of kind of tree stumps and there there's always squirrels on the tree stumps and people put nuts and stuff out from cool. they, they, it's it's such a, a a good brush with nature mm. um, it's just going to see them all getting on with it you know and they're, they're and they're so used to the people it doesn't worry them nice that's a really lovely place to be yeah. we'll try that out man yeah i'll go down there on my bike yeah. over there and uh, have a little peek poke around and go sit with the squirrels yeah. for a little bit yeah that's good <laughs> yeah yeah I'll go with yeah and take the family down all right cool thanks yeah. sean um i think we're all done aren't we yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. All right, you take care until next time, and we'll catch up yeah. uh, on the other side, eh? I'll see you next week. You take care. All right. See ya. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.